Hey guys, welcome back for another week of Instacrime with me, Jess, and Akila. Um, as promised, we're going to start on Gabby Petito. Um, it is going to be kind of a longer episode, so we decided to break it up like we did the Betty Broderick case. But we we won't get too crazy with the details. I do have to give you guys a little bit of a disclaimer. This story does touch on domestic abuse. So if that is a trigger for you, then feel free to click off. Um, but if you are fine listening to some of that, then continue to listen. Um, so I want to start off with kind of where Gabby Petito, her background, because I truly believe that where you come from and what happens to you in childhood really shapes who you are and what happens to you later in life. So we'll start off with that. Um, so Gabby is was born Gabby Venora Petito on March 19th of 1999 in Blue Point, New York, to her father, Joe Petito, who was a sales supervisor, and her mother, Nicole Smith. But she was just as close to her mother, her stepmother, Tara Petito, who Joe Petito married after their divorce. She's a homemaker. And then her stepfather, Jim Schmidt, who's a firefighter, and he married her mother, Nicole. So she was 22 when this story took place. But her parents, she actually had a really idyllic family. And that's something that I know stood out to me in the case a lot was how connected all four of her parents were. I know that her parents both remarried when she was very young. I want to say her mom remarried when she was three and her dad when she was four. And so she pretty much had two sets of parents and they all got along really well. So I thought that that was really sweet and she had a lot of support. So super sweet and it makes it easier for her growing up too. Exactly. And a lot of kids don't get that. So I think that that probably made her like the amazing person that she was, was that she had all the love and support. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought that that was very sweet. I remember that stood out to me a lot. They did a lot of interviews and press conferences together, and I was always like super impressed by that. Um, so Gabby's actually the eldest of six siblings and half siblings. Um, the one brother that she was really close to was TJ Smith. Because he actually was the closest to her in age. Um, he was a little bit younger than her, but her other, she was the eldest, but her other um, brothers and sisters were a lot younger. So they were really close. And he posted a really nice tribute to her. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, she went to Bayport Blue High School in Bayport, New York. And she graduated in 2017. She listed her interests as art, yoga, and veggies. And I'm not quite sure. I've seen some media say that she was a vegetarian, but I've also seen that a lot of people say that she really wasn't because if you look at their social media, Brian's and hers, there's pictures of her eating like salmon or sausage. So I'm not sure if it was like, you know, vegan grade or what, but I've seen plant-based because I think when you're plant-based you still eat cheese you can still eat meat but your primary part of your diet is the vegetables and fruit and whole grains I think huh and maybe that's the case 
Um, I'm not quite sure. And that's kind of what I was thinking was that maybe, but honestly, it's funny to me because I saw a lot of like disputes over this, like in Reddit (laughs) and like everybody's just arguing about whether she was vegetarian or not. Um, so I figured I'd list it on here just, just to throw it on there. It's not really super relevant to the case, but I thought it was interesting. Um, so she graduated in 2017 and she went to high school with Brian, but they weren't really friends and they actually had their first date, um, two years later in 2019 and their first date was on the beach. But before that, when she graduated in September of 2017, she actually moved to uh, Carolina Beach, North Carolina, and she worked as a hostess in a restaurant in Wilmington, North Carolina. And she actually lived there from September 2017 to January 2019. And she even applied to Cape Fear Community College but for some reason, she didn't attend. There wasn't any information in the research that I did. But she applied, but she didn't attend. I wonder if it maybe had something to do with Brian. Because she lived there from 2017 to 2019. But she started dating Brian in March of 2019. Um, a I lot of definitely see that being the case. Right? Well, it seemed like she was very focused on Brian and their relationship from what I've heard from some of her friends, she was kind of all about it. But like I said, it's just, they weren't really friends in high school and somehow they reconnected on social media and they vibed over their mutual love of art and nutrition and the outdoors. And they had a lot of things in common. So um, she started dating him in March of 2019 and the rest was history. So that's how far I'm going to get into the background of Gabby Petito. Um, A lot of people have described her as basically a ray of sunshine. She could light up a room. She was super positive, very sweet, always had friends, never had an ill thing to say about anyone. Um, And everybody really, really loved her. So that's definitely something that I wanted to note about her. And she looks like it. Like when you watch the videos, like... She just seems like she's just so sunny and sweet. Oh, absolutely. Watching her videos and looking at her content, she seems like a friend, like it's somebody that you could easily connect with, even though it's more of a parasocial relationship. There's just something very likable about Gabby. I agree. I agree with that. So we're going to move on to Brian Laundrie because he is the other person in the story. Um, and Brian Laundrie was actually born in Northport, Florida on November 18th, 1997. So yes, he was a Scorpio. And when I actually learned that, I was like, of course he's a Scorpio. I hate to say it, but like, come on, come on. He's a total Scorpio. Um, he was born to his parents, uh, Christopher Laundrie and Roberta Laundrie, and he was, not only child, he had a sister named Cassie. And Cassie, she's well known in the media because, you know, anybody who really knows this case, you've seen her on the news. There was a whole thing with her, but it was just him and her. And I feel like other than that, everything's kind of obscure about the family. So it definitely took some digging. But he completed his education at Middlebury Union High School 
and completed college at New York University. The Laundries actually own a business of distributing and servicing commercial juice equipment called Juice Services, Inc. And something that's little known is that their estimated net worth is $5 million. So people, I feel like that's why people think that there's a conspiracy because they have connections with important people in the police department. And they're also loaded. Like if you look at their house on TV, it doesn't look like it's much of anything, but they're worth $5 million. That's like even new information for me because I'm thinking I would put them at middle class because they have a very modest home. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nothing surprises me about that family anymore. Literally. I mean, not only that, I kept wondering, and it makes sense. When he died, they realized that he had like 20000 in his account. And I mean, he really didn't work that much. So, you know, I kept wondering where that 20000 came from. And well, I mean, I guess if your parents are worth $5 million. Um, they actually come from a long line of money, from what I read. Uh, so Laundry grew up privileged, and he was always described as different. His classmates have said that he was nice, but quiet. He preferred art over sports, and he was also said to usually have a smile on his face. So he was pleasant, but quiet and different. He was always kind of having his head in a book or um, drawing. He basically had like a sketchbook with him everywhere, and he was always drawing, so um, he was kind of more of a recluse versus Gabby, who was a lot more the social butterfly of the the two, which I feel like that happens a lot in relationships, like one's really social and one is like a total recluse. And that's, it's like a, it's one of those things, because I'm that same way, I'm very, very social, I love being around people. I love going places. And there's some ways I feel like I'm introverted, but my husband, he is not a social person at all. So it's definitely a balance. Yeah, same here. I'm definitely like a huge social butterfly. And James, he's definitely, I wouldn't say he really isn't social, but he's a lot less social than I am. So I think it's like a good balance for sure. And I think that that's kind of the, like, the vibe that they had as well. Um, But on top of that, they did date in high school. And when they got together in high school, it was described as an immature love. So after all this happened, a lot of their classmates were interviewed about their relationship. And unsurprisingly, it's a high school relationship. So, you know, people had things to say. And basically, they said it was a really immature love. It was always on and off. They claimed that Laundry had a lot of control issues and trust issues over Gabby. And one good friend said that one minute they were all over each other. And then the next minute he'd be like, yeah, we're fighting. So it definitely sounds like it was very on and off, volatile. And that kind of gives you a little bit of, I don't want to say that every relationship that's on and off is toxic, but it's definitely not like the most healthy thing to do. Absolutely not. And especially, like, I guess one of my questions to you would be, like, when you're saying they're off and on, was it, like, if you know, was it Brian that was initiating the breakups every time they got into an argument? Or was it something they were mutually doing? So they were both doing it. Like, Gabby would feel like he was controlling her, so she would break up with him. Or she would do something that would make Brian mad and he would break up with her. And this kind of 
continues later on when they move to Florida. And it definitely sounds like Brian's had some control issues, but it also sounds like Gabby was kind of a free spirit. So, you know, that that doesn't go well because she's probably going to feel like you're holding her back at that point. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you, I mean, yeah, when you lay out the whole story, it kind of all makes sense. And her friend, her best friend in Florida kind of added on to that. And I, I will get to that in just a second too. But in 2019, after right after they started dating, she actually moved in with him in Northport, Florida. So they grew up in New York together. But his parents had moved to Florida and he followed and then they got together and she moved with them. So and they lived with their parents at their home in Florida the whole time. Um, they both worked at Publix, and if nobody's familiar with the South, they have a like a grocery chain named Publix, and it's it's actually really nice. <laughs> I really like Publix, but they both worked at Publix. She was a pharmacy tech. And he was in the grocery department, but they both quit at the beginning of COVID because obviously COVID. And then her father, Joe Petito, moved to uh, Valero Beach, Florida with his family just to be closer to Gabby. And it's been said that he was like a total daddy's girl. So I think that that's pretty cute. That's super cute. Yeah. I mean, when I remember when I read that, I was like, seriously, like, can you imagine my parents would miss me, but I don't know that they'd move just to be there with me. So she saw her dad a lot more, a lot more than than her mom at that point. Um, so I was talking about her best friend uh, a second ago. So she had a best friend in Florida. And her best friend in Florida said that he definitely had a lot of control issues and he didn't really want her hanging out with anyone but him. And if she did, he, she would usually be getting phone calls, text messages. They'd be fighting. There was even a time that she, I guess, said really stuck out to her where they were going to go line dancing and it was going to be like a girl's night. And I mean, I don't think that that's anything like too wild. They're going line dancing, you know, Um And when she got to her friend's house, which was like 40 minutes away from their house, she realized that her license was missing, like her ID to get in. And she basically went home and confronted Brian because she knew that he had taken it on purpose because she kind of knew that's how he was. And he eventually admitted that, yeah, he took it on purpose so that she wouldn't go to girls night. And she ended up staying home and not going to girls night. So if that gives you any idea of where he stood on stuff that's so frustrating too like so frustrating and in a healthy relationship you and your partner are both going to have your life parts of your lives that are connected but you're also going to have friends and family and everything outside of the relationship and a girl's night is perfectly normal and very healthy agreed agreed and especially let's say that you don't like that but he should have at least voiced it rather than like go out of his way to steal her ID, make her drive 40 minutes, make her come back. That's just like manipulative. Super. And that's just, oh man, 
I can see where the abuse cycle is already starting just based off of what you're telling me now. Exactly. And I feel like her friend wasn't a big fan of Brian, which understandably so, because he, I mean, if I saw that in my friend, I would probably be like red flag. So. Major red flag. For sure. Uh, But it seems like they try to put their troubles behind them. They actually went on a cross-country trip. Uh, This is a different one, like the first cross-country trip that they took. Um, They didn't have a van. They actually had a small vehicle, and it was just like a car. And they went, just the two of them, and they went up to New York, which is where they're from, where Gabby's mom was. And they went to New York, and then they drove from New York to California. And so they just made that long drive by themselves. I think it was like two months. And they visited Las Vegas, Yosemite National Park, Prismo Beach, just among other locations. But honestly, I've seen a lot of pictures and videos of those times. And this is going to be nice when we have, you know, actual visuals uh, because we'll be able to put up pictures. But I mean, you can Google it. But it looks like it was such a fun time. And I've, I've heard her parents say that the reason that they weren't worried about her taking that last trip with them was because they'd already done a cross-country trip before and it wasn't an issue then. So, yep. So they came back. That was from 2019 to 2020. They came back and they got engaged in July of 2020. And in December of 2020, Gabby actually purchased the 2012 Ford Transit Connect van and they spent that whole summer turning it into a camper to be able to take it on their next cross-country trip, which is the trip that everyone knows about. So at that time, they were renovating the camper, and Gabby was working 50 hours a week at a Taco Bell as a nutritionist, uh, Taco Bell and as a nutritionist, so she had two jobs. And then Brian worked at an organic juice bar to save up for the trip with Gabby. And I'm kind of wondering if he worked at the juice bar because his parents, like, owned something to do with juice. I don't know. He seems like the typical, like, spoiled kid because he's, like, was almost, I mean, he was, like, up there in age to be, like, living with mom and dad with your girlfriend and having, like, not a big job and, like, a job that your parents pretty much handed to you. But I have a feeling that his parents probably got him that job. Oh, absolutely. I think that Brian Laundrie's lifestyle was definitely funded by nepotism because when you think about it, you, like you said, you work for a juice place. Who can afford to go travel the country like and backpack across the U.S. without a good paying job? Like, honestly. Exactly. And again, it sounds to me like he, like he probably had like a trust or something because later on in the story, we find out that he had $20,000 in the bank, which again, he didn't work. They lived with his parents. Like, where did you get? And I know that, you know, once everything was said and done, his parents filed a motion to get basically, you know, declare him so that he, they could get that money back. So obviously that's, obviously that's their money. Yeah. So, you know, call it what you want, but I feel like his relationship with them and the way that they babied him definitely made him who he is. 
Absolutely. So he's spoiled, he's entitled. Yeah. That definitely comes from that lifestyle of never having to really work for anything. So I I already have my personal feelings about the laundries, but I definitely think they did him a disservice by just handing him everything. One thousand percent. And and we all know somebody that basically was way too spoiled and now they just expect mm-hmm. everything handed to them and they're narcissistic or they're entitled and yeah that's just doing somebody a disservice because the world and your girlfriend and other people don't necessarily feel the need to do that for you you know exactly so basically they were really gabby had really gotten into this whole van life thing you know if you were to look at youtube right now or reddit there's a lot of like it's like a lifestyle like the whole van lifestyle there's a lot of people that are converting buses and vans and traveling the world so gabby really really got into it she always kind of wanted to be like an influencer and once she like saw that there was this whole van life thing which she's always been like a outdoorsy person and she likes to camp she likes nature i think that that was like the perfect fit so Um, They started renovating this van and Gabby wanted to really make it in the van life influencer group. She wanted to do this on YouTube. So she started documenting their travels on YouTube and Instagram. She has a channel actually on YouTube that I looked at. It's called Nomadic Static. Are you familiar with it? Yes. And that's where, like, once we started talking about the like her missing persons case and you're just seeing clips um before they had actually discovered any of her remains or anything like that um when they mentioned that she had a youtube channel i checked it out and like you said she's such a cute bubbly person and it feels like you're watching a friend do you know what i mean oh yeah i think that that's why people went so crazy over this case was because for once this is like somebody that had such a huge presence that we could actually see her and feel like we knew her. It's definitely like the first one that I was like this connected to. Exactly. I agree with that a hundred percent because it's somebody that has documented their life so well. It's really easy to go back and, and just kind of see how she lived and what kind of person she was. When it's so easy to relate to too, because she seems like every person, she seems like me, like you. And then just to see her, with Brian and how they got along and how perfect it seemed. And I don't know about you, but I've definitely been in that relationship where everything looked picture perfect and it really wasn't. And when I saw that, I felt that to my core because people were like, well, they look so happy. And I remember thinking like, you never know what's going on behind closed doors because I've been there. And I definitely think anything being shown on Gabby's end of them being a happy couple. I think part of it was trying to hide what was going on behind closed doors between her and Brian. But I also think that there was a part of Gabby that was hoping that Brian would eventually turn into the person that she wanted him to be and needed him to be. And I think she was one of those people, and it happens a lot, where I'm going to keep holding on because eventually they're going to get better. Right. And I agree. And honestly, everybody has good qualities and some people do change, but a lot of people don't. And I do think that he had some good qualities. I can't sit here and say that. No, he was just a monster across the board. 
but he had some good qualities and how do you harness that anger or whatever? I can't say that, but um, maybe he could have, you know, been a good match for her because they did have a lot in common and they could have built a beautiful life together. You know, unfortunately, as we know, I, I hate to give spoilers, but honestly, unless you've been living under a rock, you kind of know what happens in this case. So I don't think I'm giving up too much. Uh, but yes, if you have YouTube and you want to kind of get more of a visual of what we're talking about, go on Nomadic Static. And that's where she uploaded the first and final video of their last trip together. So the video, it's it's really heartbreaking, honestly, like because a lot of people didn't watch it until after the fact because that's kind of what happens in our society. People don't like really get attention until something bad happens. And she did have some followers, but not like she does now. Like her, I know that her Instagram and her YouTube like blew up, but yes, if you watch it and you know what happened, it's like really crazy because it's all like beautiful moments. She was apparently like super talent at making videos, talented at making videos. Um, the music, the transitions, the videos, it's its really beautiful. It's a beautiful video. It's just very sad to watch because you know how the story ends. So I'm kind of going to wrap it up here for tonight just because I kind of just wanted to barely dip our toes into the story and I didn't want to make a two-parter where we left things like halfway like we did with Betty where you're wondering what happens. Um, and I just kind of wanted to cover their background and kind of how they got together in the beginning of their travels. Um, but yes, I think we're getting an idea of kind of where things are heading and maybe what kind of people they are. What do you think? I think so. And I think that you like gave a lot of background and you're doing a good job of painting a picture of at least to the public who Brian and Gabby were. Um, Gabby and like when you're talking about her YouTube channel and all of those videos she was incredibly talented because editing and putting together those videos is such a task and it's so difficult but she did an amazing job and you could just definitely tell she was a free spirit she was about that nomad life she really wanted to get out and do do things and meet new people and try different stuff and that's something that's so relatable, especially when you're in your early 20s. You just kind of have that craving for adventure. And it's just really unfortunate how hers ended. 100%. I really, really agree with that. Um, so we will pick up next week with kind of the nitty gritty of it where they embark on this trip, the red flags that we saw kind of how everything came to a halt and we'll wrap it up with their demise basically and what we know is currently happening and where the case is at and uh, we'll put a, a nice bow on that. Um, I do also want to give another, another disclaimer that if you or someone you know are experiencing domestic abuse, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800 799-7233 because you don't have to suffer in silence. 100%. And I mean, it can be, that phone call can be the phone call that saves your life. Literally. Your life. 
100% because people don't think that it's going to escalate, but it always escalates. It never gets better. And I promise that Gabby probably thought that it wasn't going to escalate. And, you know, we all know kind of where that ended. And it's really sad. I think that's just kind of our mindset. You know, it's not, there's so many, I'm like, I'm getting tears in my eyes already just thinking about that situation because it is so sad. I don't think most of us go into a relationship thinking it's going to be bad, but it just proves that anything can happen to anybody. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, thank you guys again for tuning in. We appreciate all the people that have commented, given us feedback, you know, listen, subscribe. We really appreciate you guys. We'll keep them coming. We promise that we have some more visuals coming. We'll have YouTube coming. We'll have some photo shoots coming. And we definitely have um, uh, an email in the books. So we'll get that going hopefully very soon. We'll let you guys know for sure. Um, and we appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, thank you for tuning in, guys. Bye. Bye. Have a good night. Good morning. Bye. <laughs>